0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the cast. Alright, boys, Bev, what do we got going on today?
1: Uh, we got uh got a couple of exciting ones for you. Here, let me let me just get this up on the screen for you and we can all walk through it together. So we got our I think we'll kick off with our, our good friend, the uh the Adamson barbecue guy. Everybody he's just back, loves boys. this guy. And he's he's not going anywhere. He's gonna be around <laughs> yeah. for ages, I'll tell you. so anyway i haven't i haven't gone through i just pulled this one up i think we already know what he's doing but the big news out of him so when he's not uh when he's he's not too busy kicking down walls to get into his restaurant he's uh running it without a business license (laughs) (laughs) so i think uh when we spoke a bit earlier or old rick he said something along the lines of uh, this guy can't get any dumber or he couldn't possibly be that dumb so I don't know. I think uh, I think
0: he might have just proved you uh, proved you're wrong. I I, I I think he did. Like uh, when this headline came out, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, why would you bring so much attention to yourself when you're an unlicensed business? Like, clearly, it looks like it's an old auto body shop or some sort of warehouse that he turned into a barbecue joint. But like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you don't have a business license for it. Why bring all this national attention to yourself? You're out of your mind. Yeah.
2: And yeah, just look at the picture of the place. Like this guy is for sure doing illegal shit. And then now he's brought all this like media attention. This is, <laughs> this just keeps getting better every week. I cannot wait to see what next week brings for this guy. Yeah, well, unbelievable. And now he's got a bunch of cash in, in his in his pocket, right? From Well, the, uh, can you pull up that like, uh, What's going on with that? Do we know?
0: Can you pull up that GoFundMe uh, for Adamson barbecue? Uh I'd like to see it's Adamson, right? Uh
1: yeah here i can get it uh yeah the legal whole defense. legal defense fund
0: Three hundred and twenty thousand dollars.
2: They changed the goal too it was like 50 grand originally right yeah that's wild from
0: accidents and emergencies that's, that's, <laughs> that's one ins- way to put it that's insane from 6300 donors like they're giving good amounts of cash yeah.
2: well he's got to he's got to cover his ass for four years of uh not running with a license there boys so he's got to uh gonna start hedging his bets that he's, he's gonna need some money to uh defend against some some suits coming his way for sure <laughs> that's
0: insane like he's like you,
1: know. i think it'd be safe to say average donation you know a lot of 50s a lot of 10s probably like 30 bucks we got jamie russo digging deep here <laughs> 200 000. bucks
2: oh my god oh man. shit 777 who's that like <laughs> these people putting their names on it that's the best part yeah this is insane
0: these people just yeah don't care and yeah, good back. Uh, he, he did it. He, he got the attention that he wanted like this is the attention that he wanted. this is what he wants to know for I'm against society boys I'm against I'm against the, against the man sticking it to the man i'm not unlicensed barbecue restaurant that's where i want to be eating you know an unlicensed barbecue restaurant that doesn't follow any health codes does
2: that not sound like something motherfucking like a, a trailer park boys episode though fucking, oh it absolutely like this sounds like literally like a bubbles plan like he's uh, he'll serve the food in fucking stolen uh grocery carts or whatever right like oh my god
0: <laughs> what a this guy writes itself
2: what a guy. but he's still oh, getting donations
0: here again boys Still getting donations, like uh, I mean, when was the last <laughs> donations, quote unquote? Yeah, like whatever. Finger quotes. Yeah, whatever. Like in the last like half hour, twenty minutes, he's still getting cash, and people know he's an unlicensed restaurant. Like that's the craziest thing. You're just going to Jesu's backyard to get some barbecue, and yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll, well
1: again. I love how in the U.S. you have uh, you know Rudy Giuliani and he's got all these characters coming up to to fight the Constitution and all these different issues. Then in Canada, we've got barbecue guy running selling <laughs> illegal meat out of a, an old garage. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you Giuliani's know Giuliani's fucking face melting off for
0: sure. Yeah. Well, this, well, we got uh, some,
1: aside from, from uh, our, our, the barbecue king, uh, we've got some other Canadian news going on here. So this is an interesting one. Cause this is, this is uh, still going on, which is beyond me. So um, uh, basically with this uh, two years ago, the U S charged um, the CFO of Huawei uh, with um, uh, money laundering or, uh, or uh, wire fraud or, or basically some financial crime. And so for the past two years, they've been fighting uh, an extradition treaty, trying to uh, uh, keep her in Canada and prevent her being sent from the U.S. So this is going on for two years straight. And all the while, there's uh, two Canadians who are trapped in or, or imprisoned in China. Uh, and really, it's it's more of um, you know the charges are kind of trumped up, and frankly, the guy the two guys are probably weren't over there doing the most legitimate stuff to begin with. But either way, it, it wasn't enough that would warrant you know two years in a Chinese gulag or whatever. So anyway, uh, it's it's I was impressed with Trudeau on this one because he actually came out. And he made some good comments and he and he basically said the focus for us is just the the safe return of the two michaels so it's these uh the michaels uh spavnor and uh former diplomats this guy should know better uh michael uh covering so they're both over there on business and detained shortly after Meng's arrest and and according to trudeau it's for arbitrary detention so uh that was kind of interesting i was impressed that trudeau actually stepped up to uh, to say something about this however you know, I, I I think he's got some leeway to get a little more aggressive with China, and well, maybe not so much now that that uh, Trump isn't going to be the president. But uh, I think when he had the chance, he should have stepped up and got a little bit more aggressive. So, what do you guys think?
0: Uh, my whole thing with this is, uh, it's all about uh, I I think. If I remember correctly from a couple years ago, like this is about installing cell phone towers and networks in Iran, which goes around the U.S. sanctions on Iran. Right. Like that's that's what this is all about. Yep, Uh, that's right. Yeah. And with the U.S. shifting their policy with Biden more, uh, we assume it's going to be more favorable towards China, more favorable towards Iran and, you know, everyone calming down a little bit. I think this is all going to blow over as long as the transition to power in the U.S. goes smoothly in the next couple of months. Uh, It's going to blow over by 2022. Like, I'm sure she's going to be gone. Uh, She's going to be back to being a billionaire or whatever. Daddy's billionaire's daughter. Uh, And those two Michaels are just going to come on back to Canada or wherever they really want to live uh, after this. (laughs) Yeah,
2: they've been. So they've been there. I didn't realize this was still fucking happening. Yeah. Like two years. And these guys
0: went through now COVID shit in China
2: too, right? Like... What a fucking wild ride.
0: Well, can you pull up uh, the Canadian government's uh, travel advisory for China? Like, I I know it's going to be obviously no non-essential travel. Pull up Canadian Tire while you're at
2: it, bud.
0: But but when we're looking at this, uh, I know there was uh, an advisory in the past, or I believe that there was uh, for China because of this issue the past two years. And I was talking about, like, the possibility of arbitrary detention because of something. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's right there on the front page eh? <laughs> yeah, they're not messing around yeah that's pretty much like what are you gonna do you can't you can't stop them like what's canada that population of less than 40 million people gonna do they're gonna continue fast track in people from china who have 500k or more in their bank account uh, come on in <laughs> start yeah, a business all let's just milking all your rich people. Shit. yeah for sure yeah Oh man, I I love that immigration policy that uh, Canada has. Oh, you got a bunch of money? Yeah, yeah, you can come here. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, you don't have money? Okay, apply like everybody else. That's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I mean, that's that's just how life works. If you have money, to be honest, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why they make a big deal that in places like the U.S. Like, if you go by the law, like that's that's not the case. Like everyone's trying to become a U.S. citizen that way. But you can always become a uh, become a contractor or you can become an employee of another uh, business and then have that business apply for you like oh no there's no one in the states with this specific uh specific skill set and then you can become a citizen that way yeah but, worst case
2: scenario you can just fucking pull up a ladder and hop old uh, trump's fence there bud it's <laughs> <His, his> a <laughs> shitty fucking little fence that they've, they've shown pictures of uh oh. Well, hey,
1: and some of them—if all you got to do is—is uh, is, uh, flood the the base of it or pour some
0: water around there—and the whole thing will just fall right over. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't see that one. That is pretty insane i saw the ones where they were slipping through the cracks like because they spaced them a little too far apart they didn't uh take into account how uh not fat uh mexicans are compared to americans and they just slid right through them. <laughs> <laughs> those are american size <laughs> well, it's like when you get a money.
2: large it's like when you get a large coke and you're in the states it's like a fucking extra extra large if you're in canada oh yeah yeah so on so this on the, on the screen just,
1: yeah, just a picture. bit of wind and the thing just came right over
0: yeah and no way Beauty, oh my God!
1: Oh, there's all the guys sticking around with it. <laughs> now I'm sure Mexico is suing What's over the trees. He's just oh, got like a trees, big,
2: bud. big old fucking brick on his thing. He's like, "Well, let's put this brick here, and we'll be fine, boys." Like, <laughs> wait, wait. <All laughs> so the trees are gonna take care of it.
0: Uh, so is that the that's the actual border? So like this street is Mexico, and that side of the street is the U.S. And they're just there was nothing. Yeah, it was uh, just right <laughs> along the wall. Yeah, <laughs> right along the border. <laughs> it was just nothing there's nothing there stopping like this is yeah this is whatever so what's the point well, i
1: think it's it's because you have those areas in mexico that are are probably a little, little more affluent i I don't know if maybe this one but well perhaps this one but I, you know in those ones they wouldn't necessarily bother because you know like not too many people are going to cross there but in those poor areas or the really you know the the drug cartel areas i could see why they'd want to do it
0: yeah
2: yeah and even if you don't see a ton of security, like I know even from going down to, you know, Niagara area here, um, there's some places that look like you could literally swim across. if like you go down to like Niagara on the lake and stuff like that. But if you even attempt to take a boat or anything, like these dudes, like Coast Guard dudes come out of nowhere in a boat. Like they're they're definitely watching. Like this, it's it looks like there's not much going on even in places like that. But if you start making a move, like you'll fucking, you'll hear about it real quick. Yo, you want to oh,
1: like we were down in, um, or at a friend's place down in uh, BC. I think it was down by like Surrey type area, or a little bit south of that. And uh, so we were, he was just driving us around in this neighborhood, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, right over there, those houses, that's uh, that's uh, America." So basically, two people's backyards backed on to the border pretty much so if you walked over there and he's and he mentioned i think i think it was him or one of his buddies they were all drunk or whatever and they were they walked over there and then all these uh like border patrol people came racing over and arrested them or like questioned them and shit and he's like oh you know i'm just wasted (laughs) so it's like but that's just the reality of of our border right it's like there's all these areas that look unprotected but you know they've got some Surveillance, you know, drone flying around, keeping an eye on you, watching the roofs for uh, wild lances and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I hope
0: they, I hope they do. Uh, like it's again the largest unprotected border in the world, right? Or unarmed or whatever border in the world, like just Canada and U.S. But of course, it's guarded with something like just because you don't see a fence there's obviously going to be some surveillance technology some china uh skynet situation sort of <laughs> yeah, thing going on tracking everybody
2: fucking terminator mode yeah, yeah. Oh, we
0: got the huawei sensor 6 now.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well we're gonna get it after we release that chick uh i'll tell you boys a quick story about uh just since we're talking about the border and i'm sure we're going to talk about coronavirus it's fucking on this page like 12 times and we're not even trying to read about coronavirus but anyway uh, I, I heard a story from a, a friend of, uh, some folks who had a place down in Florida and they're like, you know what? We're going to go down. Like we don't give a shit. We, we paid for it. Like it's a nice house. We just, you know, bought it a couple years ago and we're going to make up some bullshit story and go down. So they went to the border and they said there was some big pipe burst and their, their house is all fucked and we got to go down and it's a big disaster. And so the border will actually let them go cause it was an emergency or whatever. And uh, they got to their, their home there uh, after 23 or 4 hours or whatever it is, the drive down. And uh, they're just unpacking everything. They've been there like an hour. And there's a knock on the door. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, who the fuck is here? They open the door. And it's not the local police. It's not anybody. It's fucking Homeland Security. And they're like, oh, hey, poor. we heard that at the border you told us that you had a pipe leak. Like, We just want to come in and inspect the damage. Well, there was obviously no pipe leak they're now kicked out for five years they can't go back in the states wow if you're you're trying to cross right now if this covid shit and you don't have a legit reason like one they're falling up and two they're no bullshit like you're fucking Mm -hmm.
0: crazy that is insane like you know what good for them good for them like that's that's insane that is insane that they have that type of follow-up. Well, number two, the amount of resources that uh, you're dumping into following up with retired people going and living in Florida. Like, Florida's a hotbed uh, of coronavirus. But I guess don't fuck around and don't lie to border guards. Like, five years. Five years. Yeah. And now and every They, they t-
2: own a house there. It's just going to be vacant. Like, they have to figure out something now. Like oh, they're going to sell it. they can do.
0: Yeah, you got to sell it. Yeah. Or, like, hire... A, well, I don't know. Like, I, I know... Years ago, uh, like in the 2008 crash, uh, uh, I uh, was talking to someone who had a lot of property up here and then he saw how it was going down in the U.S. And obviously, Canada didn't get nearly as hard, like pretty much at all compared to the U.S. So he was scooping up a bunch of property in Florida. Now, the problem that he was having then is I don't know if it was just the counties he was in or Florida as a whole. He wasn't legally allowed to rent them out at that time because you have to own it for uh, x amount of time whether it's a year or two years before you can have it so he just bought these properties and just let them sit vacant uh, for two years like family friends would go down like yeah you can stay in this house like i'm just going to rent it out eventually after a couple of years but they literally just sat there empty which is insane that florida's doing that but that must be yeah. why florida real estate is so affordable in certain parts like who knows what it is now like i've getting honestly to say i haven't looked at florida real estate in 10 over 10 years but, pull some up yeah, there you go. Well, you
2: know what? Um I know for a fact that if you're in any of the touristy areas like Orlando and shit, like for all the Disney stuff and that, they're really strict on rentals and all the rules around that because obviously it's a huge money maker, but all those companies invested in those hotel, you know, um resort places and shit too right so it's like all these businesses are like we can't have these assholes buying up houses and, and taking business away so they're they're super strict about it like it, yeah. it makes sense when you think about it especially in those those particular areas but yeah yeah and when you
0: quality piles there oh 100 percent. and when you're picking up properties like all of them well less than 100 grand and you can pick up he's picking up condos for like 30 40 grand like what the hell is happening like it, it's insane like the states must have been the wild west in 2009 oh, yeah. I uh, I know someone else who went down to the states and picked up a an Audi uh I think it was a S6 wh- whichever one had the 10 cylinder uh engine at that time for 20 grand. 20 grand. He just bought off some dude in New York. Like it was Oh yeah, fire sales, man. People were just oh, yeah. trying
2: to get rid of their you know assets and stuff. Shit was falling apart. Like I remember being in uh being in Vegas in in uh 2000 2000- nine or ten anyways it was around that time when the shit was still kind of really hitting the fan because it wasn't like it was just 2008 like there was a yeah there was quite an effect for a few years there and i was in a shopping mall and they had like one of those real estate little booths there just with like listings and shit and they had houses and this is in nevada right but like they had houses for like 20 grand and they weren't piles of shit they were like <laughs> nice looking houses like for 20 grand and it's just like you just go live in the fucking desert somewhere right like that's insane unreal
0: well, again, I, I don't know if we've uh, we we haven't discussed this here. I know we haven't discussed this here, but it's going to be really interesting to see the the shift in the real estate markets come the next ten years uh, to see what people are actually going to be buying and where they're going to be living. Like Canada's announcing like the billions and billions of infrastructure upgrades to get rural communities access to high speed internet. Uh, Canada selling uh, rights to airspace for like old friend tesla uh to sell a internet satellite over canada like those things are going to just open up whole other aspects like the majority of oh, people it's going to be
1: huge yeah like, i can imagine North, right? like like you know like at my my parents place which is out in a rural area you know dirt road you know not close to any you know you definitely not getting any any good uh, internet infrastructure like even even the solution right now is a company called Explornet, net and they give you a f- it's called fixed point wireless so it's basically a giant wireless system and it sucks it's it's garbage like if and a lot of people are working from home now and a lot of like students at home and stuff like that so so it's completely bogged down you can only use it at like you know like four in the morning six in the morning <laughs> stuff like that it's ridiculous right but with with what uh elon musk has like if you can get you know say 100 megabit connection but more importantly with like less than 30 millisecond ping then you can do skype you can do teams like it's the equivalent to having like a dsl cable or fiber well not quite fiber but dsl or cable connection in, in town
2: yeah i remember um years ago uh, Bell was offering, like, ExpressView internet, right? So, it was, like, their satellite, but it was internet, and it was, like, it actually ripped. This was, like, it was fast as shit, at, like, when it worked, but then if the, literally, if, like, the wind changed, right? Like, you know how having a satellite back in the day, sometimes there'd be a storm, and you're just fucked, like, your TV didn't yep. work? Well, it was the same yep. thing with your internet. So, you would either go from, actually, like, pretty solid speeds to fuck all like there was no in between right so yeah yeah, it's gonna be a game changer and like you think about like you know heading more north in canada like where that opens up a lot of options for people um places like saskatchewan and that too where there's just kind of like a bunch of space and fuck all going on like yeah it's gonna be really interesting it's gonna definitely change the market drastically i i think toronto and these really like densely populated areas are, are in big trouble for a bunch of reasons in the coming uh you know decade at least
1: well it's gonna be so good to decentralize everything from the cities too because that's a big problem yeah. canada has where everything's in you know toronto vancouver no, every, Montreal, no, not even basically.
0: that everything's within 150 kilometers of the u.s border like whatever 90 right. of the population lives yeah. within 150 kilometers of the u.s that that's insane
2: have you like, seen that map they have of that where it just shows it's just like a big blurry thick line along the bottom of canada basically like that's where we all live yeah basically america junior
0: yeah but obviously we want to live there because we don't want to live yeah. where it's freezing cold like uh correct me if i'm wrong Bevan, i'm sure you can see this after you pull up this map but uh i heard a stat a couple years ago who knows if it's true that edmonton is the most northern city with a population over a million in the world which is insane uh because like you've been to edmonton it doesn't feel that far north but when you look at it on the global scale and like you're looking at it uh, Latitude-ly, uh, I guess. Mm. It is pretty freaking far north. And I don't know if you've been to uh, Edmonton in January or February. Like, it sucks. Like, it really, really sucks. And I don't doubt that uh, people don't want to live there. There, where is it? Oh, no, this one's... Uh...
1: Yeah, because I was trying to do with a population over 1 million. But I don't know if this is most... Mm
2: it's russia they could be oh here it is anyway.
1: is the north yeah here it is oh north america okay yeah uh, oh. well i guess if you look at a map let's just do a quick geography lesson here yeah. there
0: you go. well it's obviously north america but
1: let's see where edmonton is Can oh be- yeah yeah well i'm just trying to think in terms of like uh, it's hard to do because okay oh all right here we go i got this this is this isn't no this is totally false this is hold on let me let me get in there because they are the well the earth is flat this is just so <laughs> anyway. well, well I, I guess i could see. i guess it's hard to tell with the uh, well i wonder if you
0: can like stuff. yeah see it like click on it and see like latitude and longitude of that come on
2: google um, your fucking dickness over here
1: oh there we go there you go fifty we'll call it that yeah what do those oh. mean i don't know what those mean but uh, <laughs> that doesn't matter let's just see yeah. if this has if we got uh come on we're going
0: for 60 boys going for 60 <laughs> oh,
1: oh we got 113 no we got 113 on this one yeah because it's it's longitude which is or it's a latitude for oh whatever it doesn't matter anyway no it's interesting though it's yeah. and and it's a good point that you know it's it's beyond that point there's very few people there's almost nobody out here yeah in the
0: world that lives that far north like just
1: at, and just think about the amount of space like this is such so such an expansive space and there's nothing
0: nothing like I don't know if you guys have driven uh, across Ontario. Uh, personally I haven't. Uh, I've always just taken the flight for 700 bucks but it takes two days <laughs> to drive across Ontario like from mm-hmm. where we are in the GTA to drive to the Sioux, how long did it take you there, Bev? It's about eight hours. Yeah, that sucks. And, like, just for people who don't know, like, there, you see Toronto up there. You move your uh, cursor over where Sue is uh, right up there. Oh, sure. Oh, we're lagging a bit here. Let me just do a direction.
2: What are you, running on
0: ExploreNet there, bud?
1: <laughs> Get <laughs> out there and
0: frig with the satellite. Oh, my system oh. is having some trouble here. That's yeah, oh, okay. Shit. But, I mean, it's like a, yeah eight, nine-hour drive on single-lane highway up there. And, uh, and that's a huge... Hindrance to like going across Canada because a lot of it is single lane highway. Uh, and if it's
2: not the summer, you're fucking really risking it too, right? Like, the winter's no joke when you start heading up north like that.
0: Yeah. And even going up north, uh it's weird. Like, dealing with companies that work up there and like mines and anything like that. Also, the same thing. Like, yeah, don't book flights. Flights get canceled all the time. Weather sucks up here. It's rather snowy or icy or windy, or there's not enough people on the flights you pay someone to drive. And so you're billing out extra days of time just to get people to these remote sites or doing what uh, I know your buddy does and have their own airline. So they fly when they fly and shut up and get on the plane.
2: <laughs> yep, Yeah, if you got the money.
1: Like I've, through work, I've dealt with a couple of places, very briefly, but uh, a lot. so many companies that run uh, or, or either run it themselves or they share a private airline and so they've got full, you know, baggage handling systems, you know, basically full airport setups, but it's just for you know two or three mines that are operating in northern Quebec. You know, it's it's crazy.
0: Yeah, crazy the amount of money and infrastructure that you're putting in to get shiny diamonds exactly. out of the ground.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of. Uh, the, um, uh, rural areas so this is another one i wanted to touch on uh so aaron o'toole the biggest uh biggest tool in uh conservative party is the way i put it <laughs> but uh anyway so he's he's come out now and he's uh so there's this i've seen this thing uh, or this theory commented on a couple times mostly in conservative circles and it's all came out of and stephen harper's really been kind of harping on it um but basically he's drawing a uh, uh uh line between the somewheres and the anywhere so basically it's the uh the the liberals who are the somewheres who you know they're they, they they came from somewhere and they settled in a big city tend to be pretty well educated you know higher income uh tend to vote liberal and then on the other other side you have the um uh the anywheres which is more you know like your tradesperson lives in a small town could be a farmer uh, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't take well to change. you know, it doesn't uh, basically it's it's just drawing that that urban versus rural kind of uh, kind of uh, uh, divide, I guess. Um, of course, uh, it's CBC, so they also threw in this thing also about attitudes towards immigration, you know, like uh, you know whether or not you're in support of it or you're against it and they and, and whether or not you benefit or don't benefit. but it's kind of an interesting question because I think, Broadly speaking, um, and we'll touch on this piece a bit later, but I think broadly speaking on the immigration side, for a country like Canada that isn't really growing organically, I don't see any other option but immigration. Uh, If you're going to maintain growth or if you're going to maintain – really, it is growth because you do have to maintain some level of that, right, and and continue to to have people who are generating tax revenues and contributing to the economy as a whole – so really i don't see any way around it which is and and i think generally i think most people look that way i think what the the problem with these types of articles and these comments are is they're they're not delineating between legal immigration. We were kind of joking about it earlier with you know if you've got half a million bucks, you can kind of get a fast track into Canada, and there's a reason for that. You know that person's going to come in either buy they're going to buy an asset like a big asset, so it's likely likely something like a store or a business, and then you know they're they're going to be creating jobs and and wealth and all that. But if you just have people like um, um, crossing over the border illegally at that, you know, I think it's over in Quebec at Roxton Road or something like that. You have people just coming over the, the, the border without going through the immigration process. Like, how's that person really contributing? Like, they're not going to be here legally. Not, like, there's there's that's that's where people have an issue. Yeah. I don't think people care if somebody comes here legally. Generally, people don't care. They're more unhappy to, to have them.
0: It's finding that happy middle, but uh, before we jump into this, boys, uh, I'm sure you heard there, I was uh, cracking open uh, my bottle for the night, and I, I think I heard uh, a wild Bev uh, do his little uh, pop. Uh, what are we all drinking tonight? Uh, I'm on the
1: Oxitane uh, uh, huh? uh, o- Oc- again. I'm having some, some more of that. I think I'm going to switch to uh, got a bottle of homemade wine in the fridge. Might uh, pop that guy open
0: homemade,
1: well, it wasn't homemade <laughs> but, you know, last time i tried to homemade uh wine it was uh it was uh it was grape yeah, juice <laughs> it was, well it was uh it was borderline on poison i mean you could you could get you could have a lethal injection and probably be more effective
0: yeah i uh, yeah i can uh, i can relate to that uh i made because i've done the like you brew places and you go and you do the the wine there and all that stuff and then i tried it in myself in the basement you got all the stuff you got the buckets you do the sanitization you do everything i tried white tried red and the red wine started off okay like uh, percentage of liquor was high enough and then it literally turned into like clearly something went bad and uh, like i obviously didn't sanitize something properly by the end of it it tastes like jolly ranchers and vodka and it was somehow a little bubbly my dumb ass still drank it uh anyways uh but uh never again absolutely never again am i gonna do it in my house like it is a labor of love and that love i do not have right now and i probably won't have again until i got too much time to kill and i don't want to sit around uh, my house anymore uh, but so uh big d here big d is, uh,
2: Drinking the, the neutrals, boys You know, I'm into them Still trying to stay uh, stay clean and healthy uh, a little bit While I'm getting hammered And uh, I'll tell you a quick story Well, I got a lot of quick stories tonight, boys Sorry. Yeah. Just uh, gather round <laughs> Pull up a chair But uh, yeah, I got a, a my, my grandfather growing up was a big winemaker Big wine drinker, too but Big wine maker mm-hmm. And uh, he used to make uh, like moonshine shit Off of all the runoff stuff or whatever I don't really know how it works But you can make like really strong, fucked up liquor, right? And uh, he used to make this shit called White Lightning, and it was, like, fucking <clears throat> thick, looked like a smoothie. And you'd legitimately have, like, one one gulp of this, and you'd feel like you're going to, like, go blind and shit your pants and be hammered for the rest of your life. Like, man, you can make some crazy shit at home. Right? It's <sighs> fucking crazy. You think about, like, years and years ago, like, whatever, 1800s and shit. Dudes, you know, moonshine and, like, all this prohibition all this. Like, the shit they were fucking they were drinking then man they they weren't they you know it wasn't beers it wasn't fucking bud light boys they were getting fucked up it was like <laughs> basically drinking fucking turpentine and
0: shit yeah and, and like that's where the bathtub gin comes from like it's just shit that you're brewing and then you got to mix it with whatever you got to make it sound good like that's where like a manhattan cosmopolitan all these mixed drinks came out of it's cuz the liquor that they were using was shit like it, it was pure garbage uh, but the scariest thing like i I have no idea if it's legal or not legal to distill your own booze. And that's a whole nother story. Uh, but I am terrified of doing that because how the hell do I know what's ethanol? Like what's the alcohol? Uh, and what's methanol? Like what is going to legitimately destroy your eyesight and destroy your liver? You know, it's, it's funny. So that I can I've go, asked a like, few
1: people that who have made their own liquor, like a couple, probably three or four. Yeah and they all have told me it's like you'll know you'll be able to tell what what the methanol is versus the out. you'll tell you'll be able to tell and you know to me yeah. as a as somebody who, who's played in this space you know tried making my own beer and wine yeah i don't i could not tell not a chance i
0: could no like i'm just picturing like in high school you seeing the the good old boys drinking their shine out of milk jugs and i i know they're making at that dude's house, like at the dude's cabin. Like, do you, do these guys look like they know what the fuck they're doing? No, they, they don't. But they're doing it. And like, have I had shots of it? Of course. Of course you do. You're a dumb kid doing stuff. But I would never fuck around with it right now. Like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Leave it to the professionals, leave it to let them taste good. And yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Like I got I got my 40 Creek barrel select right now. It's a nice cheap Canadian whiskey, but it, it's really damn good for the price point like i know uh old bev you were over last week or i don't know whenever it was a couple weeks ago uh trying that scotch there uh, that we tried and just garbage oh uh bev or someone's uh got some reverb there All right, we're back, and uh, welcome back to the pod, uh, guys. Uh, So we were talking about immigration and uh, legal immigration versus illegal and uh, people's sentiment towards it. Now, I believe, Bev, you were making the point that people are really against immigration, more so not against actual legal immigration. They're against illegal immigration, and and I can kind of agree with you. Uh, for uh, a little bit, uh, but it's also just a poor marketing uh, standpoint. Like whenever uh, they give the biggest example is like Trudeau bringing in refugees. Like whenever they do that, they don't do a very good job showing on how they're going to integrate them into society properly. Like realistically, these immigrants from Syria are moving to rural Ontario. Like they're putting them up in bumfuck nowhere and and like here you're going to go live here and because no one wants to live in this shitty town like i'm sure it's going to change in the future and i'm sure people will move around and everything but i think the government they really only care about advertising to their base not to everyone uh and to why they're doing certain things like yeah humanitarianly every country has to accept immigrants at some time like all of like, I'm, uh, all of our ancestors, uh, I'm sure, were refugees at some point. Like, uh, I know Big D uh, and myself, like, uh, have some, like, Italian backgrounds, and we are 100% refugees. And, like, people fucking hated on the Italians. Whatever 60, 70 years to go, like uh, of course, they were on Hitler's side for a little mm-hmm. bit. like I could see why they'd hate on it, but I mean, like they were refugees uh, at one point in, in time. and like your sentiment changes over time, but it's just finding that balance of like, yeah, we're doing the right thing and we're getting these Syrian refugees to come here, but also look at how well they're doing in society. Like my neighbor is an Iraqi. Like he was telling me a brief history of his life or whatever. Like he escaped Iraq when like the US war was happening. Oh, wow. And then they moved like all around uh like through they escaped through Syria, then Turkey, then moved uh went to Europe and then finally got acceptance into Canada. But like he's like a well-off individual, contributes to society, has two different like he has, he holds like two good jobs, two well-respected jobs. He's educated, like Those success stories need to be told more than what people think of when they think of like, oh, we got all these refugees, we're giving them whatever, a couple grand a month support, like that's coming out of our dollars. What are we ever going to get that money back? Like, and of course, you're never going to get that money back on anyone. Like there's a million people in Ontario getting financial assistance at some point, like uh, whether it's welfare, EI, whatever. But I mean. Showing sharing those success stories is so much more important, and I just don't think the government does a very good job at it. And I think that would really change people's sentiment towards immigration, because as you said before, like we need it. Like as a population gets more educated, they tend to have less kids. Yeah, right? and that's and just it's reality. Definitely a marketing thing. So.
1: Like even you know, just the other day, like at the at the gym, talking to our uh, good friend Tony, Mister uh, Chats a lot. Oh. Anyway, so he, this guy is yeah. a uh, he's an immigrant from uh jamaica and so he came he came to canada i think like 25 30 years ago type thing uh so he came to canada you know worked odd jobs he was in the horse racing industry for years now he works in in uh, automotive parts uh, manufacturing and he was uh, he went on this huge rant huge rant about how um uh nowadays you know like all these these immigrants and everybody coming in is just getting all this stuff for free and you'll know, put up in hotels and all this uh you know and basically the whole argument he has is you know how come i i didn't get treatment like that i didn't get all this stuff for free how come these guys are getting it and i think generally that isn't the case i think people aren't typically getting all this uh, these handouts i think that's just kind of what's emphasized and in a lot of cases i think the handouts are more of um It's kind of covering yourself so you don't have all these homeless you know quote unquote refugees i think in most cases it's not refugees but um it's just so you don't have all these homeless people kind of
2: yeah you know the other um the other thing too on the other end of the spectrum is i was talking to a friend about this recently too is is people that might complain about you know specifically all these you know all these uh, arabs or all these indians or whatever they're complaining about who's coming here you know just like in the states where they complain you know you there's places where people complain about mexicans or whatever you know a lot of these people are coming in and doing the the jobs that a lot of you know um you know let's call them like you know natural born canadians don't want to do or think they're too good for or whatever which they're not just for the record but uh yeah, that's, that's the thing too, right? I and mean, we were just kind of talking about like it's in, in Canada, a lot of those folks kind of are similar to the way that, you know, a lot of Mexicans are in the States and they're kind of doing doing those gigs that, you know, the, the unfortunately, mostly white people are, you know, think that they're, they're too good for or whatever. Um, but yeah, like so all across the spectrum, right? You're talking on the higher end guys owning businesses and. And having degrees and all that stuff, but like, you know, it's, it is something you need. You need people to fill in society and, you know, and we need people to, to, to fill those gaps in all different places. Right. So I think that ultimately, you know, like everything in the media, it's being spun one, one way or another, depending on whose article you're reading. And like they're, you know, some like you said, they're just kind of throwing in shit like this in the middle of an article about something almost completely unrelated. Um, but yeah I think ultimately it's a good thing and as you were talking about just to go back to what we we're talking about earlier and, and trying to grow the country still um, that's that's how we're gonna do it right like yeah we're not having five and six kids you know I know I'm not sure about you but you guys but uh you know my my family on both sides were you know three and four kids deep in, in the 50s and 60s you know my my mom and dad uh, and, and that everyone was like that back then and that's just not the case anymore right like I know a lot of people in our age group uh, are you know talking about no kids or one kid or two kids so yeah we need we need these people here is, is the, the reality of it right and it's not it's it's not just in the, the low-end gigs or the high-end gigs it's kind of everywhere throughout society and, and uh, so you know it is something that i think more people need to be for it but of course it's all on how it's framed and politicized and that's what creates all the bullshit of people and their opinions is. that they're parroting that are really someone else's opinion,
0: right? There's yeah. one huge uh, asterisk that I want to throw on there. And again, this is just my opinion. Like I'm not an economist or anything like that, but we need this a hundred percent. We need immigration. We need a lot of immigration, to a certain point where we need to be able to find that happy balance of what we can as a population support coming in to what like financially, like because realistically, you're not going to get like you're treating immigration like you should be treating immigration just like uh, a business teaches uh, or treats any investment like you, wh- how long is it going to take to get your ROI back out of it? Because all we are like, if you want to break it down, like we people are just little little employees making money like tax dollars for the government to function like and so government needs more immigrants to come here so they have more worker bees paying like on the low end 20% tax and on the high end 55% tax we need more and more of those people it's just finding that happy middle like because realistically you're going to be supporting a lot of these immigrants for the first or whatever yeah, it is to like, stand one to three years exactly but then after that you get that payback tenfold in that tax revenue that you're generating from it number two like the people who are complaining about it are, are have also seen a whatever five thousand percent increase in their house that they bought for a hundred grand is now going for a million dollars like oh i hate these immigrants but some immigrant families buy my house for 1.1 $1. 1 million dollars like yeah you can't have it both ways okay yeah, exactly. like
1: yeah. well i guess um, that's a good uh, point to migrate a bit So one of the other comments that and this is where uh, uh, O'Toole, I think, went off the rail a bit. He starts talking about this whole idea of the elites and and globalization. It's a very American thought. And this is what he got chewed up for this because it's just a very American way of thinking because Canada isn't we don't have that same issue. There's no doubt there's a a class like like there's a class issue in the U.S. and there is absolutely an an elite class. But in Canada, it's not really the case. And i think and now canada still suffers from wealth uh you know wealth disparity and the wealth gap but no nowhere near as bad as what it is in the u.s
0: oh yeah and like the uh seeing what it's actually like in the states like the difference between the neighborhoods that have money and don't have money like it's it's like going to a third it world country like is, it really is like even is. the even the infrastructure structure is horrible in those areas, and obviously it is because the municipalities don't have any money from tax revenue. But it's just, it's insane the disparity between the two the two groups. Like they don't really have that as much here in Canada. Like obviously, do to small towns versus big cities and the amount of infrastructure you can have, but the amount of distribution they have federally to provincially, provincially to the different municipalities, like. It is very good at redistributing wealth and infrastructure. Like, uh, again, I'm not going way northern Ontario where there's uh, in the entire municipality is 500 people. Like, obviously, they're not going to have a lot of very good infrastructure, except for the Trans-Canada Highway going through it because there's no one there generating some income. But I mean, they still have internet they still have like even though it's shit like they still have internet they still have hydro they still have roads that are plowed like they still have a hospital in their municipality like they have all those things that those 500 people themselves couldn't afford like they're getting subsidized by the cities and it's going up north where in the states you just don't see that subsidization as much because it's all about let's lower these taxes <laughs> let's get it yeah. down there and the big cities are falling apart like uh, you don't have to go
2: far either like you can go over to michigan right and see like have if, if you guys seen what flint michigan looks like aside from their their fucked up water situation it looks like a fucking war zone and they're actually like there was like uh army munitions testing and shit happening there <laughs> because they have all these burnt out empty lots to do it on like it's it looks fucked like it looks like a, a call of duty fucking level happened <laughs> And, uh, and then you go, you know, a couple hours or whatever, and you're in like Dearborn or somewhere where there's a bunch of, you know, wealthy, uh, auto manufacturer executives in these huge mansions and shit. Like it's, it's wild. It's, and I just think it's the stark contrast is, it's just, it's so much more prevalent there than it is here for sure. Like, just like I said, that hour drive and it's like a completely different. Oh yeah. Well, even
1: looking at like, Uh, like I 94, like the highway, like Interstate 94 out there. I mean, if you, if you drive through it through, uh, Detroit—it's a disaster. Like the road's falling apart; it's disaster. And the other weird thing in the U.S. is there's always abandoned cars on the side of the road all the time. Like I don't know, wherever you go, it's <laughs> like it's if you're down in Texas, if you're like wherever, it's it's just a thing. I don't know. But anyway, but yeah. for Michigan specifically, like especially when you leave Detroit and you go through Ann Arbor. You know, you're heading out towards like, um, uh, like, like uh, Albion, one of the small towns out there. I've been to. It's, it's. It, you feel like you're, you're looking around. You're like, I swear, I'm in like, like, I can't even think. of it. but It's, <laughs> it's not a nice place at all. It's rough
0: to say the least. Yeah, it, it's called the Rust Belt for a reason. Like, it, it had played its purpose for its time, and then it left. And one thing that like a lot of people don't give Trump credit for is like the amount of manufacturing jobs that he did bring back to the U S and to areas like that. Like, I, now I'm not like, you can go either way. Like, do you really want to bring back manufacturing or do you want to switch to a more service-based economy? Uh, that's up for debate. But I mean, like he did bring back a lot of jobs to that area, but one interesting thing, like maybe you can touch on it. Uh, maybe you can't uh, Bev is uh, some of the problems uh, that uh, uh, we've overheard. Uh, some of the manufacturing facilities have having uh, with their workforce, uh, especially retention, uh, if uh, you want to touch on something yeah like
1: typically I, I mean one of the big complaints that come out of the the manufacturers is uh, a lot of what they're a lot of, a lot of the employees are temporary basically and not intentional well intentionally from the employee's perspective so what they'll do is they'll come in they'll work for just long enough so they have enough money to like bum around for you know three or four months or whatever then they'll go pick up another manufacturing job work for a while save some money then they'll just go leave bum around for a bit and it's super common so i like, uh we're doing some work for a major uh automotive manufacturer in the u.s um, this was uh, when we asked them what their challenges were uh, this was the number one challenge is just dealing with uh, transient labor is how they described it um and that's not uncommon and you see that when you look at uh uh say in a manufacturing process when you have to onboard someone to a task like even if 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 you know when you look at it as something very rudimentary like uh uh bolting a, a tire to a car you know like every time you bring in a new person it takes and, and you know like they're not necessarily you know quick learners so it takes a long time to train these people to do that task uh, and it's all through union as well there's always a union component so it's it it's expense it's an expensive process and it really hurts the bottom line for those businesses and that's why they're pushing so hard to automate like that's that's one of my favorite examples to use because in that that particular station it's pre-wired with all the hydraulics and the electronics to be automated you literally flip a switch and it's automated but since the unions that middle you know, in there, kind of preventing that automation. You know, it's costing these manufacturers huge and huge amounts of money. So, on the business side, you can see where the the challenge is, but also on the human side, you know, you have these pe- a lot of people who don't have any skills necessarily besides menial labor. Uh, so, if if they're automated away, like, what's that person do? Like, how do you help them? And that's that's where those arguments for all the universal, uh, not universal, uh, or, or uh, basic income come from is exactly that it's like how do you deal with those people
2: yeah they're not they're not helping themselves either though right so as someone who you know has had family members in the auto industry over the years and spent a little bit of time there temporarily as a student you know years ago you meet these people and uh you know they have really what are are good gigs like they're not difficult jobs they're not working you know weekends or late you know shitty hours like it's it's always the same every every week you know they're getting paid well they got all these benefits they got all everything going for them and you know like i said most of them aren't that educated and they then they just get entitled and they just stop giving a shit and that's that's a big another big problem other than just these these laborers who just kind of come through and come and go as they please is that you know even once these people are trained and proficient then they start to get this fucking entitlement right and and that's just it hurts him more than it helps him man like it's it's crazy you think about uh, automation and you know your robot that's gonna put uh all five bolts on in like a split second for the wheel versus some goof who's you know still hung over from last night trying to figure out how the friggin' machine works to, to put one bolt on at a time and then on top of that he's not very motivated because he's you know, he thinks that he's untouchable like uh it's just it's a fucking shit show the whole way up and down that that industry like it's fucking ridiculous
1: yeah, I think it was uh, maybe just like an ending piece uh, for tonight. Maybe we'll just do a real quick jump Ooh. over to our... <laughs> let's do... We got to touch on the U.S. Yeah, save the best for last. And of course, we have our yes. uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani, who's our, uh, you know, favorite lawyer, our favorite uh, favorite lawyer out uh, doing it again. So anyway, he's got... He found this woman, and I don't know... Well, I, I, I think he... I I've always believed firmly that crazy people attract other crazy people. So he yes. found this woman yes. and everyone thinks they're convinced she should be an SNL character. And actually, I think she uh, she's very similar to one. I, I don't watch SNL, but there is a uh, a character here. Here's what's called girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation with. So she's very saucy. She's very, uh, very quick. I don't know if this will pick up on the recording. But here, let me let me play a very quick clip here so anyway she she's a real uh she's rambunctious let's let's say that she even had the gall to say <laughs> that the uh, the senator i think it was a senator who was questioning her because she said she's like you know i signed a piece of paper that says i'm gonna go to jail if i'm lying did you and, and everyone's just looking at her like she's nuts but wow. anyway she it's all these it's uh, and this is why uh we're still working on getting our special guest the dawn on the show um but they're the i you know what I will give it to them to uh the trump team and all their uh various legal people like they really take the uh the never quit mantra to heart. They are just going and going no matter what uh whoever they they can dig up out of the uh the quagmire
2: oh yeah i've heard a story um the other day too about now that you know with with the virus and everything and and everything's online um you know all these different cities that have their their city council meetings and you know you you could go down there as as a, as a citizen and they give you three minutes to just chirp about whatever you want or whatever. Right. And like, you've always been able to do that, but in order to do that, you got to get dressed and drive down there and park your car and probably pay for parking and then wait and fucking, then you get up and you get your, your piece, whatever. But now it's all on zoom for a lot of these different places. No. So uh, people are no. just getting up and just, just hammering whatever they think out their mouth for three minutes. And these people just got to sit on zoom and listen to it. Uh, and it's yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Oh my apparently. god, that yeah. that
0: sounds like an episode of Parks and Recreation. Every time they have a community forum, like it's yeah. the crackpot convention. Like these that, are the
2: people that come out of the woodwork, right? And it's and you're making it like it, it, there used to be some barriers to entry, right? Like I said, they had to put pants on and stuff. But now they don't have to. They just uh, they're just zooming it up. They probably fucking hammered some beers and they're just taking a taking a, a layer off the the mayor or whoever the fucks. I don't even know who's at these things. The no, city it's city councilors. You know yeah, what? Yeah, it, yeah
0: city councilors, like and a lot of smaller cities that uh, a lot like most of them are like you don't make a lot of money like this is cannot be your full-time gig like this was like a minimum wage job like you do it because you like your community but in these people's mind they are the end all they are the man they, they have 100%. all this ty- yeah they're the elites oh yeah they're the elites making 33 grand a year being a city <laughs> councilor. like oh paying great. off
2: that fucking honda civic
0: well, I, I remember looking like when I was f- fresh out of school uh, and looking at like, what are some easy gigs that you can get to be a uh, some board, uh, point of government and, like I'm like, oh, running for uh, like you need like 500 votes or 400 people to vote for you to be a, mom- a member of like whatever the education board is. I, I don't know what it's called, like one of the trustees <laughs> uh, of education. Yeah. You know how much you get paid a year to be a trustee for the education? 10 grand, 10 grand a ye- year to be a trustee. Like, yeah, not worth it. I don't care. I couldn't imagine having to answer emails, go to meetings and stuff like that. And no, at the end of the day, I got paid $10,000 for this year's worth of work. Yeah, not, just go to not, Walmart instead. Yeah, yeah, not a chance. Like, absolutely not. No, yeah, yeah. go sell, sell some, some more cat stuff.
2: food or some shit, yeah. yeah
0: like, it's insane. Like, just, just go work harder at your job. Go start some sort of work harder at your business. Like, do something else. But like, it's that it's that disparity uh, between like what people's uh, vision of what you are when you are like uh, a member of the city council or you are a member of the board of trustees or something like that. Like these are just everyday people that could convince like you rather have a good sounding name because like, I'm sure everyone here has voted and if all our listeners haven't voted, you'll get a voter card and you'll look down and like, I don't, okay. Like I came here to vote for this one person, but there's a page of other people to vote for and Half the time I, i've done research on a couple of them that i care about like oh who's the city councilor for my ward what does this guy care about i want to park over here this guy says he's going to put one there i'll vote for that guy that's it the rest of them i'm just guessing like who cares just picking random things like sometimes i don't vote for them sometimes i just do like oh hey, whatever maybe this guy's going to get something or girl whatever it doesn't matter because 400 people need to vote for you and then you you got your gig you're set it's a wild thing to think about and i think if more people Realize that. Like, that was the barrier to entry. Like, $2,000 out of your own pocket. And doing that, if you really cared about something, go for it. Go do it. But, I mean, there's this crazy lady. Chick, you don't want to start a thing for. talking to a a state senator. Like, this can't be, like, an actual real senator this has got to be a state senator and i couldn't imagine a state senator pulling down six figures this is just some dude who was at a bo- auto body shop before convinced a bunch of people to listen to him now he's sitting there listening to this crazy lady talking about voter fraud like she's he's at the four person. seasons auto <laughs> or wherever the fuck yeah.
2: Uh, what, what was the, what was the uh, just trying to turn it back around here, uh, what was this, Giuliani, was this all the shit he was talking about this week? Is that what this article is about here? More or less.
1: In, so they're, numbers, they're getting, I'll call them micro wins. Um, so every once in a while they'll get a statement from a judge or they'll get a a, a ruling that lets them move forward. But, I mean, generally speaking, I, I don't, I, at this point, I don't see what other options they really have. So they're, they're bringing up all these allegations of fraud, which, you know, they they haven't really been able to back up with any proof. Now, the only thing they've brought forward from what I've seen is, uh, you know, all these thousands of affidavits of all these poll workers who, who claim that they've seen something. And they've got video footage that, you know, doesn't really prove anything because nobody knows what they're looking at. And they've got so i don't know i and the, you know I, I this is i'd love to have the dawn on to explain this because he follows it a lot closer but he also has a very different opinion but i i this is a video
2: of a guy and he's counting votes and uh he's you know they say trump but the he said they're biden it's like how do you know that bud like it could just be a guy counting uh, votes that's, for what they they say, and then the they've
1: court. got all this these allegations on these Dominion voting systems, and they're they're starting to claim now that all these people that you know U.S. military raided a facility and in uh, germany and see some servers and then the cia was there and they were fighting back and all these soldiers were killed <laughs> and then oh and they hit it up and, they, hit and they, they covered it as a bunch of soldiers were killed in a training exercise in egypt and all this it's like oh my god it's like it's it's a little it sounds it sounded a little too much like a tv show to be real at this point Yeah, it's crazy though because some of you look at like you know some of the crazy
2: shit like epstein that sounded like just wild off the wall shit a few years ago and then it ended up being true. So, I mean, it is it is crazy because uh, there is always the outside chance that at least, you know, a small percentage of shit you're hearing could be true. And that's that's what freaks me out all the time is that when Boy. you find this shit out that now everyone just publicly accepts, right? Like there was you know, uh, our, our buddy there, Alex Jones, was, was hammered on about Epstein years ago. And everyone just thought it was typical Alex Jones talking about the gay frogs again. Yep. And, uh, you know, end up being true. So it's crazy because there is so much, like, uh, fact is stranger than fiction or whatever, right? Like, it's just, it is crazy what ends up being true. I'm not saying that this particular thing is, but, yeah, it just sounds like a movie, but it's like, fuck, man. I don't even know anymore. That's, you know, that's the those... Alex
1: Jones effect. You, you have a little sliver yeah. of truth, and then you put some crazy around it to sell it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, they do a very good job of that, because, again, I'm sure there's some truth to it. I'm sure there's like there's always voter fraud, like 100 percent. There's always voter fraud in every single election. What the amount there is, will we ever know? No, we won't ever know. But if the power if this is really some giant conspiracy, if the powers that be want it to happen, then it's going to happen. And you just got to accept that fact and then go along with the game. Like, that's why I never understand people who are like, so anti establishment and whatever. Like, if you really feel like people are out to get you, why not become part of that game? Like, why, why not? Oh, if like, oh, I don't want to follow these rules. Like, why not? Why not play by these rules? Why not play by the rules, become prosperous and then have that financial freedom or whatever freedom you want to do whatever you want I,
2: yeah. look at uh, trump right like there's a private citizen there who um i i don't know about you boys but i i've uh, been re- reading his book a little bit is his book from the 80s or whatever and he, the way he talks about politicians and stuff like that even like this is from like 87 this book and, and it was written even earlier than that and uh you know he had all this shit he was thinking about a lot of stuff that he did as president he kind of was already thinking about back then right so like you know get get some prominence, get some money and obviously, you know, the the T V show factor was a huge thing of just getting people to know yep. who the fuck he is, right? There's lots of rich people out there who no one you could walk by him on the street and not know who the fuck they are and they're a billionaire. But, you know, he was he was wealthy and a businessman and then he became recognizable and then look at what he was able to do, right? Like it's it's wild to me. Like the <laughs> Yeah, that he's just and he's just pretty much been shooting his mouth off for four years, whatever he thinks as president. Like it's it's fucking
1: yeah. The, the it's funny thing with him, but it's crazy. the thing with him is I like when you go back and you watch him from the early '90s, late '80s. He's one of the, he's very consistent in what he's been saying, and that just to echo what you said there, Big D. It's he is very consistent in what he's been preaching. Now, how he's been preaching it. Um, different story you know it's jumping between political parties and you know how he kind of structures it and and markets it because i think he's the first uh president who's really understood or who has looked at communication through a marketing lens rather than through a you know an efficacy lens um Mm -hmm. but you know it's it's worked for him in a lot of respects mean going forward i don't think politicians like like biden i think will he'll be a one term he'll if he makes it all the way through of course but he'll get replaced by someone like a like an aoc or not not aoc specifically but someone like her or you know like a matt gates on the republican side who can pull that basically pull that uh, marketing piece into it and make it more entertaining more of a tv show because otherwise you know nobody wants to hear another boring Obama or or George W. Bush like that's that's I think those days are done,
2: yeah, for sure. And you look at the way that Trump did business, too, right? Like if for anyone, we're talking about Art of the deal for anyone who's listening and isn't sure what book we're talking about. And uh, you know, Trump, his entire career has been about, you know, people call him a crook and he said he does illegal things, but when he actually details some of these deals, he actually just knows the rules and he he knows how to get right up to that line and uh, exploit, you know, the holes. And I think that's where you see him bounce around between parties over the years with his thoughts and all that. And, he just found his opening and it was a Republicans at that time. And uh, he just hammered his way in there. Right. And like, that's the thing is he gets a lot of flack for being, you know, he's stupid Trump or whatever. Cause he's, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have much tact when he speaks and stuff. And, but uh, he's a fucking smart guy, man. Like he knows what he's doing and no one gets to the level that he got to and makes the deals that he's made over the years uh, without fucking knowing a thing or two. You can't, you can't just, uh, you know, fall ass backwards into that every time.
0: 100 percent yeah now on that boys before we go uh, too deep on this uh i think uh we should uh call it a night uh and then the following episode uh maybe we can pick up where we left off here on the political side uh i have a couple thoughts on where i would have liked to see the uh the uh Oh, my God. Uh, Democratic Party go with their nominee. Uh, And I I know who my guy is, uh, who was on the the Democratic side. And I'm sure you guys all had a favorite on the Democratic side. Uh, Who knows if it was Biden or not. But uh, let's uh, pick that up next week Um, on that night, everyone. Thanks uh, for here. And uh, yeah, let's go make some quality piles.